When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, this is the Tripe Supper. I'm Dom Sean. I'm here with Phil Tauntire and Anthony Vickers at the start of what is a rather important week. It's been, we've looked back on two miserable trips to Wales this season, Vic, Newport and Swansea. It'd be really nice for Swansea to do Borough a favour on Wednesday night and at least take it to Rotherham on no, Sunday. It's the very least they could do. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, suddenly Borough are no longer masters of their own destiny, uh, you know, until about a month ago, six weeks ago. It, it was nailed on and we were talking about manoeuvring for position in the playoff pack you know whether you wanted to be home or away in, in the semi-finals uh, and that that run of, of six games 60 feats uh, absolute disaster a lot of chickens came home to roost in that month or so uh, all the flaws that had been there throughout the season that we were, we were hoping we could sort of stumble past and, and not have to deal with uh, at the moment and put it on a uh, back burner to deal with in recruitment next year suddenly uh, you paid the price the price for not scoring enough goals uh, that four run of four home games here where Borough created an incredible amount of chances hit the woodwork two and three times a game had balls crossed, cleared off the line not being able to score has been the sim- so single most important fatal flaw this season and had they won any one of those games, the, the mathematics would be dramatically different now. At the same time, the defence has sprung a leak. Uh, the lack of pace has been exposed, uh, even by ordinary teams, ordinary mid-table teams of, of Tornborough apart on the counter. Uh, and I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of klaxons going off inside the club. It, it, it's Vicky wrote it on Sunday that, that a lot of fans are conflicted going into the final week of the season, the final day of the season. Uh, I've heard a few fans, or more than a few fans, talking about, well, even if Borough do get to the playoffs, we know what's coming, it's going to be a repeat of last season, blah, blah, blah. Um, it was strange after the game on Saturday. It was one of the more low-key uh, post-match laps of honour, humble yeah. appreciation, as you put it. Mark Page said, see you, long pause. <laughs> dot, dot, soon. dot, dot. And we're just missing the obvious yeah. question mark. It was a strange end to what has been such a weird season. Yeah, I mean, on, on the whistle, obviously, the, the result had, had gone uh, Reading's way, so all their fans were celebrating in that corner, and all the stewards sort of uh, legged it over there and, you know, expected maybe it might get out of hand and there'd be a pitch invasion or what. It wasn't that bad, but it was in stark contrast to the way that the Borough players trudged almost reluctantly around what by that, that stage was a third full stadium. And by the time they got back round to the tunnel, uh, people had just drifted off. There was no interest whatsoever. Uh, and I can understand the frustrations. You know, the, the home form has been abysmal. Uh, it's been deeply disappointing having wasted uh, the opportunity that was presented by being firmly entrenched into the playoff places. Uh, and it, it is a strange mentality. I've had people who I've known who have been Borough fans 30, 40 years saying they didn't want to get in the playoffs. Not that they didn't think we'd 
would do very well if we got there or they weren't looking forward to being battered by Villa again but they actively didn't want to get in and that to me is a very strange situation because no matter what the flaws in the team and no matter what criticisms you have of the aesthetics of, of the manager a club like Middlesbrough you can't pick and choose when you get promoted you know, you, you can't be sniffy about a situation where, however, however tenuous it is, you have a chance for promotion, because we might not get this chance again for another decade. Phil, yeah, I mean, I'm surprised Middlesbrough have had the, you know, are in the situation they're in, in so much as, as Vic says, I've, I've said, you know, I think we all felt top six was nailed on, pretty much until that, 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 that even even when that run started, I don't think anyone expected it to continue for six games. I don't think I'm so surprised about the mood as such because I think everyone who knew anything about fans and anything about Tony Pulis felt that it was all about it was success or bust with a with a manager like Tony Pulis. If you if you're winning and you're winning promotion, the fans will stick with you by and large. But you've got no you've got no leeway when things go wrong. I think I think we'd all be honest and said we said that pretty much from the start. You get what you get with Tony Pulis. I felt that. If you could get Middlesbrough up, the fans would stay with him for that first season in the Premier League. That was obviously before we, we saw just how the seasons turned out. Um, so I, I don't think any of that is too surprising. You know, I think just, just on that, sorry, but are you surprised at the, the sheer strength of feeling? And I know we all knew that you, you get what you get with Pulis and, yeah. and, and, and what you were saying there. But are you surprised that after just 18 months in charge, the sheer strength of feeling? Because it is, it is hard if you went out now on the streets of Teesside and quiz middle profans. It's, it'd be hard to find yeah. someone. I think, I think what exacerbates it has been the home form, clearly. If Burrow played at home, uh, how they played away for most of the season, I don't think we'd be necessarily having this conversation because... You know, we've been, we've all been in most of the away games. They haven't been that bad, with the off, off exceptions of Villa and Forest and what have you. You know, Swansea, where there, you know there have been some horror shows, but by and large, you know, there've been some good results as well. So I think the home form has skewed it even further. I think the fact that Tony Pulis came with a reputation didn't help. People thought yeah. they knew what kind of manager he was before he arrived. I don't think he's necessarily helped himself with the pronouncements about you know we're not good enough in August, saying things like that. I don't think I don't think that was justified at the time, and I still don't. I think it was the wrong thing to say. I, I can't imagine that you know Chris Wilder was saying we're not good enough after the loss at the Riverside in August. And look where they are now. Um, you know, there's been too much there's been too much negativity uh, uh, from within the club, and by that I mean some of the messages from the the, the, the manager in particular. Um, the club haven't taken that, haven't won hearts and minds. We haven't heard anything from any of the senior staff at the club. You know, you know, from the chairman down really. So the managers had to carry the load of communication with the supporters, and obviously, if those supporters don't really buy into what he wants to do anyway, you, you know, you're, you're knocking at a closed door. Aren't you? You're pushing it a closed door. I think, I think, I, I think it's you know, we spoke a few weeks ago on that you know, when we did a tripe supper about it's a it's a huge summer in terms of winning hearts and minds. And the last few weeks have just nailed that on. I think in terms of the actual football. You know what, what? What was really apparent is that they've been outplayed far too many times. You know, even against teams that are going to finish below them, like Nottingham Forest. You know, twice Forest have absolutely ripped Burr to shreds. Um, Villa for a long time were below Burr in the table. They've twice ripped Burr to shreds. Derby 
um, that 45 minutes here at the Riverside, they were outstanding. QPR played better football, Brentford played better football. It feels like Borough are playing in a slightly different decade, if you will. For all that, they've still got a chance. And I think I completely agree with Vic, is that if you get a chance to take it, you take it. Um, I understand fans, I completely understand, you know, because I think their mindset will be if Borough do get up and play a similar way, it'll be a repeat of the last time they were in the Premier League. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, I, I, I think it's not just Tony Pulis. I think this is the result of five years now of playing fairly defensive, regimental football. It goes back to, to Aitor Karanka. And if we remember, Aitor Karanka's style wasn't universally popular. Nice. Even in the promotion season, there were, you know, every match it was nervous, there was frustrations, people were questioning, yeah, no plan B, he only played one up front. Why do we keep... Passing the ball 37 times and never go over the halfway line. So I, I think we've had a, a long spell now where the, the, the football has been predictable uh, and drab. And it's very hard to, to spark people's imagination and emotions and passions when the football is, is functional. I mean, I think, I think when you look at it, you know, for... We know that Middlesbrough spent a lot of money, and even though they made some money back on people like Triori, Ben Gibson, you know Patrick Bamford, that team cost a lot of money to assemble to put together. Um, when you watch matches like the Leeds Villa game on Sunday, Borough don't feel doesn't feel to me as though Borough are in that same level at the moment, and that shouldn't be the case. You know, we're not talking about okay, Villa's pretty, you know, have spent a bit of money over the years, but you know. You look at Leeds, they haven't spent a real a fortune as such. You look at some of the other teams in the top six, Nottingham Forest, Sheffield United, you, you think, how has this happened? How are Borough 20-odd points away from the top two teams? That, 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 that if anything, is the, is the most damning um, statement to come out of this season. With how, you know, Borough, you know, the, the target this season was promotion. You know, I, 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 don't believe, I, I don't believe the target was, we'll have another go and let's see how we get on. The target this season was promotion. A lot of money invested in that team. And Pulis made that absolutely yeah. clear. So, so if they don't get up this season, it looks like, you know, hopefully I'm wrong, but it doesn't look as though they're going to. Um, it's been an abject failure. You know, people say, oh well, you missed out by getting the playoffs. You know, if, if that's what happens, well, that's that, you know, that, that that's a near miss. It's not a near miss. They missed out. They haven't got promoted. That end of story. And um, when there's so much, you know, when when you miss out by such a huge distance. You know, when you, when, you know, Borough haven't finished, you know, been unlucky and finished third yeah. and then lost at Wembley, you know, like some teams do. They're going to they're gonna be, you know, as I said, 20, 20, 20 plus points behind the top two. That's missing by a country mile. And, and that, is, that is something that really, really, you know, needs to be looked at and examined as why that's been able to happen. Pulis has, 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 in the last few weeks, has inevitably been asked about his own future in every press conference, or, or certainly in most, and has, has kind of reiterated that he'll speak to Steve Gibson when the season finishes. He, uh, on Friday, he, he spoke at length about kind of what he thinks needs to happen moving forward, which was touching on what he's touched on before. He's talked about the need to improve recruitment over and over, hasn't he? He's, he's been keen to make that point. On Saturday's programme notes were, were extensive. They, they read to me... Uh, and I'm not saying that this is the case, but they read to me as almost as though a kind of staunch defence of his, ter- yeah, his tenure and, and a farewell. So. Does, does Pulis's future 
depend on if Borough were to stay up? If, sorry, if Borough were to go up, if they don't go up, does, does, does that change what happens in the summer, do you think? Uh, it would probably change his position because as it stands now, he probably thinks, well, uh, I've taken this as far as I can. Steve Gibson probably thinks this project's over. And if they, they don't go up. If they don't go up. If they do go up, I can imagine that Tony Pulis would, would be in a position where he could make an application almost. Uh, you know, I've earned this and I've got the experience of keeping a team in the Premier League. I think that would be very, very hard sell to people after five years now of, of attritional football that next, that next season's offering is going to be more of the same, only with more money thrown at it. There's, there's been a lot of talk about a summer of change mm. moving forward. And again, I, I'm, I'm aware that we're talking here, it might sound as though we're talking here as though Borough haven't made the playoffs, haven't made the top six, that's still a possibility. But when you look at the, the team now, Phil, how, how many, and it's not an ideal world, but we're only saying at the weekend, how difficult is it going to be to offload someone like Rudy Gestead, for example? But how many players in that team now do you look at and think, I'd, I'd keep him in, I'd keep him in, and I think he's he's suitable to be there and to be built around well I, it's very easy to say well I get shot of him 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 and him and if anything we've, if we've learned anything from this season players can be players at this level can play you know in, under, in, under a good manager achieve great things because if you look at Sheffield United don't care what anybody says they're not full of superstars they're not full of they're not even full of players that we'd have you know, uh, they're, they're, they're a collective who play exceptionally well, play for each other, have a system, it works. So I don't think for a second that a lot of those players in that Borough team can't be successful in playing a different style of football under a different manager if that's what happens. So I don't think there has to be a huge clear out. I think we all know that you've got issues around your, your Martin Braithwaite's, um, you know, it's clearly going to be an issue to resolve. You know, you mentioned Rudy just said it's hard to see where he fits in, and no matter who the manager is next season, you know, I could name several players. But but when you you know, I don't see any reason why a manager couldn't get more out of a Paddy McNair. Brit, I still think Britta Sombolonga. You know, he, he he seems to be everybody's whipping boy. But he's, I was saying this morning, he scored nearly goal. He's averaging nearly a goal every other start that he makes in a team that creates very few chances. Now, yes, he misses a few. I don't dispute that. He misses a lot, but so do most strikers at this level. Um, so, you know, you look at people like that, Ashley Fletcher, you know, potentially could kick on again this season. We know there's a problem in terms of width. We know full-back's an issue. I think they're, 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 they're areas that need addressing. But I don't look at that squad and think you necessarily have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think there will be change there has to be change but the difficulty as we always know with these situations is is getting players out when they're on big money and the cost you know big transfer fees it's not straightforward by it. it's not a case of coming along and saying right from the first of july these players will go these players will stay and we move forward we saw with Igor Karanka quite often he would go into a pre-season with players who would leave either during the pre-season or just as the season got started. But you ha- the manager had to use those players in pre-season because he hadn't got his signings in. We know Borough are going to be working from a different financial template, probably, if they don't go up. That makes it harder to sign players um, just simply because, you know, you're not prepared to be, you know, robbed blind, for want of a better expression. You're not, going to, you're not just going to throw money at a signing, which Borough haven't yeah. done. I mean, it throws up some really interesting dynamics uh, uh, amongst, as much amongst the fans as anything, because, you know, we, we talk about, 
getting in bright young players and you point to people at Brentford or, or uh, at Sheffield United or people at Norwich and Borough fans have become like addicted to spending almost over the last four or five years so that, that's been well not just the last four or five last 20 years Borough's main strategy has been to buy in ready-made talent and because it's the frozen north and they have to attract people here they pay over the odds <coughs> both in transfer fees and in wages uh, and we know that and, and last summer they, they were on the verge of bringing in uh, Yannick Balassi and paying him 70 grand a week in the championship I mean that that's a ridiculous situation if suddenly we're bringing in uh, a, a Pookie for instance who's a bloke who failed at Celtic several years ago and then has been a journeyman around Europe you know, uh, someone you've never heard of uh, on a free or a couple of young lads for you know, a, a Bradley Dack for 250000 from Gillingham a lot of Borough fans won't be able to get their head around that and they'll see that as a step back and I hope if, the, if one of the club's changes is to go down that line that people are willing to be patient and let that kind of team bed in uh, that to me sounds like a big leap from the current state where so many fans are frustrated that there is very, very little leeway for anyone new coming in, whether it's a manager or a player. And I think next season could be turbulent in a lot of ways uh, if the club do make the changes that we'd all like to see. And we, we know that, you know, that, that financially they have to change tack. I hope that the biggest change is in the attitude and the mentality of, of what we see on the pitch. Because, you know, I keep my banging on about it. We've had five years now where we've been very, very regimented and mono-paced, which is why when we see ordinary teams uh, unleash pace, it looks terrifying because Borough play. Borough play at, at 33 and everyone else is playing at 45 for the teenagers. Yeah, the, the Forest game was a classic example, yeah. wasn't it? They, they were, they were to, to get carried away a little bit, they were lovely on the eye. You know some of the football they played. If you can, if you can take your Middlesbrough hat off, and obviously you want Middlesbrough to win that match. But if you t- you put your football fans hat on for a second, your neutrals hat, whatever you want to call it, some of the stuff Forest played was out of this world. Now you could, you know, we, we know Forest aren't going to pull up any trees over the remain, you know, this season. They're rebuilding now for next season. But to see that kind of football, you see Cavallio playing that, you know, and a lot of that was maybe it's down to where the way Borough was set up and the you know the makeshift defence and all that, but. You know, we saw we saw Lolly here earlier in the season with Forrest. You know, as as Vic says, you know, I don't think fans, you know, I don't think Borough fans are unrealistic. I don't think they expect to see Barcelona style football every week at the Riverside. I just think they want to see a team have a go, and particularly earlier in the season when you see Borough starting cagey against Millwall, you know, you think, what, why, what, 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 what? you know, Tony Pulis used the, um, you know, we, we spoke, you you were there, Vic, weren't you? And I was asking Tony about the match at Forest, and he said, you know, I said, you know. You've spoken all season about starting games on the front foot, yet Borough were really tentative against Forest. Why do you think that was? And he said, well, you've got to have a base in the game. I get that to an extent. You've got to be solid. No one expects Borough to be gung-ho, but you're playing a Forest team that's just lost four on the bounce. Invest some faith in your own players. And I think moving forward, I want to see play... I, want, you know, I think Borough fans want to see a Middlesbrough team play with a little bit of swagger, a little bit of ambition, a little bit of pride and passion. Um... You know, let's let's see them unleashed. It's so tentative at times. There's a really cruel irony, which is that the season has actually fallen apart while they've been playing attacking football, having switched to two up front, 
and get more involved. attacking, more, more attacking. But yeah. in the fundamental shape, I think uh, one of the problems is maybe that Tony Pulis doesn't really believe in the way that they're set out at the minute. Uh, it seems at odds with the way he's always conducted himself. But playing two up top, pushing up, uh, pressing quite high, created a lot of chances. But the lack of pace means that when teams break against them, they're, they're just caught so cold and out of position and that it's almost impossible to get back and regroup. And then suddenly they're on the back foot and the shape just disintegrates. And But then you see, you know, then without going into too many details, you see Borough take on Forrest, for example, with Adam Clayton and Bessic and Mikel as your, your attacking midfielders. You know, you can sit here all day and dis- dis- discuss whether we think Bessic is the right kind of player for Middlesbrough or not. But Adam Clayton... <laughs> I think we're presuming <laughs> from that that you don't. Well, I, I certainly don't think it's, you know, it's, it's justified the amount of faith he's being shown. Adam Clayton, I think, I think I, it's, it's, it's very good that he's signed for, for Borough, that he signed on loan. Yeah, well, I think, you know, Vic was saying before about the Balassi deal, Borough were very close to signing uh, more Bessic on a long-term deal. That would have been financially... Um, uh, a huge commitment as well, but anyway, going back to my point, you know, Borough, you know, had you know, you, you know, I'm, I'm not going to bang the drum for Tavernier, but he was on the bench. Downing was on the bench. There were there were attacking options on the bench. Was that the best three players when you've already set up a team that's very defensive in terms of, you know, your three central defenders, your two, you know, your two wide, you know, wing backs. You know, you've got Mikel sitting, or although he did sort of play slightly further forward than that at Forest. You've got Clayton, and you've got Bessie. You could, you could be a little bit more adventurous, couldn't you? And you I think that's the point the fans are making. You know, they want to see something to get them out of the seats a little bit. You touched on down in there. It's been strange, hasn't it, that since since he signed this 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 waiver, I guess, to his contract, that we've barely seen him. Barely seen him at all. Yeah, I mean, obviously he did start one match and he was handed the captain's armband and it was his four hundredth appearance. But since then, we've barely seen him. Uh, as the match on, on Saturday Reading that, that could well have been his last appearance at the Riverside and the last we saw of him was like peering over someone's shoulder from the dugout uh, I'm not suggesting you should automatically give someone a, a sentimental give farewell. him a Stevie G you will, if you will or, or, like when, when <laughs> Ito Karanka gave Woody the last two minutes of that game uh, I'm not suggesting that for a second but it is weird that having that being one of the, uh, the, the go-to excuses as to how the team uh, you know how he was, his hands were tied in terms of playing the, the, the team suddenly the issues resolved and back to square one he's on the bench despite all the above them Borough still are in with a shout mm. we, we're recording this on Monday afternoon what, what do you reckon in a week's time will we be, where will Borough be how do well, you see the next week I, well, I, don't, I think Middlesbrough will be, I think Middlesbrough will be Rotherham I don't think it's inconceivable that Derby won't draw the next two games. They're not easy games. Um, I fear that Middlesbrough will win their game, but Derby will get at least three points and go up by a better goal difference, and that will be incredibly frustrating. I say go up, sorry, finishing the top six, and that will be incredibly frustrating. I want the season to go on. I know we've sat here and found a lot of reasons why this season hasn't been as good as it should be, and I don't think anybody could accuse us of being, you know, negative in our viewpoint. I think we, see, I think we see, I think we've seen it as everybody just about that we know who, who covers Middlesbrough or follows Middlesbrough would would agree. And I think, frankly, ninety nine percent of the people within the club would agree with our viewpoints. We're not saying anything that is is overly negative. We're just being honest. But I also think, you know, Borough to, for Borough to miss out by goal difference would be agonising because, you know, it. Tony Pulis mentioned those six games at Kilburgh, and while you could you could argue 
if you you know if you think that Burrow was unlucky, so he says the word. Nonetheless, that is absolutely true. The the, the missed opportunities this yeah, season. Yeah. Burrow, Burrow, Burrow should already be confirmed top six finishers. Yeah, I'll, that, say, I'll say this. That, 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 that should be. We should be sat here talking about where do we want to finish? Do we want to finish fifth or sixth in an ideal world, like we did last season when we had the conversation? I think even with the with the obvious flaws. We were only talking about this this morning, Phil. For, for January time, it became clear that Borough weren't going to have enough to get in the in the top two. But I, I never foresaw this coming. I, I always I thought Borough would be in the position yeah. West Brom were in now. Yeah, kind of meandering through the last stop, couple of it? games. Six yeah, was the back, back stop. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it, it's interesting that uh, you know sometimes we're guilty of overanalyzing Borough and seeing all the flaws in Borough, but the teams behind and the teams we're competing with. They're deeply flawed as well because Borough have just gone through a run of seven defeats in ten games, and yet we're still talking about the possibility of the playoffs. I mean, if if Derby and Bristol, and the teams you know Sheffield, Sheffield and Hull had an opportunity, if they were any good, they would have taken advantage of that wobble by Borough, that nightmare implosion by Borough. Yet somehow, you know, I, I mentioned it's like the Walking Dead. You know, they're just staggering forward. No one can kill them off, and that, in some ways, that's got to be a positive for all flaws, and all, all the times when it should have gone uh, tits up. That Borough are actually still in a situation where we could do this. Mm. Uh, purely story. You talked about it on Friday and again on Saturday. He often does that, doesn't he? You often think of a, of has he done exactly the same interview twice, where it's the same turn of phrase and, and everything that he'll say to us that he'll say to BBC T's and he was saying how Borough just haven't kicked on in the second half of the season it's been a real disappointment and he hasn't really touched on that because he tends to before then he, he tends to just look at the immediate mm. here and now doesn't he of the game that's just gone or the game yeah, coming up I mean I think that's self-evident isn't it that they haven't kicked on I think you know I think it's very dangerous for a manager you know I, <laughs> You know who 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 carries the can for that? Ultimately, the manager does. You know he can speak about missed chances as often as he likes. He picks the team, he sends them out, he selects the tactics. You know I always think it's a little bit of a it's a bit disingenuous to say after you know you lose six games and and come out and say but really we were, we probably should have or could easily have won four of them. Now that that's that that is that's probably debatably probably true. They probably could have, but I don't see many managers after six wins on the bounce saying it's down to luck. You know, I think you know most managers. You know, if you know, if, if Borough won six games and the, you know, the manager is saying, well, you know, obviously I've got my tactics right. The team's played well. Um, you know, it's, you don't lose six games just sheerly on bad sh- sh- down down to sheer bad luck. The, the under, fundamental problems in the team, which Vic touched on earlier, including with the defence suddenly leaking goals. You know, when you set up to win, to keep it tight and, and edge a game. If the defence doesn't do its job, you're suddenly very vulnerable, and that's what happened to Middlesbrough in those six matches um, for a variety of reasons. But I think it's true, but I haven't kicked on. But, you know, you look, you just think at first half of the season, you know, Sheffield winning at Sheffield Wednesday, winning at Brentford, but up there in the top two, weren't they, at that time? You know, the start of the season in August. As I say, going back to that point, you know, you know, I, I, the mindset for me, just going back to the start of the season, you know, why, why talk the team down? You know, I understand why the manager said what he said in some respects, is that he wanted his signings in. It wasn't the finished article, that team that won, what was it, four on the spin in August. But nonetheless, I didn't see any you know, reason there why Borough couldn't build on that. Um, teams were frightened. Opposition managers are frightened, were frightened of Middlesbrough. Opposition teams were frightened of Middlesbrough. Every manager up till Christmas certainly spoke about Middlesbrough's strength, didn't they? Talked about the squad, 
um, you know, with, with, with genuine envy in a lot of cases. So I don't know why it's, it's gone. So maybe that's just, you know, wish fulfillment the last four, three or four months has just been, you know, well, if you talk your team down long enough, they're going to perform like that. But Borough's record against top half teams has been pretty poor. It was West Brom's the only win, I think, since early October. I haven't got the, the, uh, the figures in front of me. If, if, if Borough did get in the top six, how would, would there stand a chance in the playoffs? Well, there's always a chance, yeah. I mean, I'd like to think that I can see 2 0 nil draws against Leeds and winning on penalties. I can see Borough being booed at Wembley, which I think would be the most typical Borough thing ever, having set down defensively for the first 20 minutes. Uh, there's always a chance, uh, you know. The, Leeds, I mean, the, the, the Aston Villa game, I think, was most unfortunate for whoever's going to play Leeds because that might fire them up a bit just when they were dipping a little bit. Uh, they're one-off games. Huddersfield got through the playoffs without scoring a goal and they were a more defensive setup than Borough were. The problem for me is that to do that, to fight your way through that and deal with the pressure that the playoffs brings, is you need a united club. And I don't think we have a united club. I don't think the fan base are behind the team. I don't think many of the fans would, would be inclined to you know, dig deep and urge them on when they go and go Well, there was down a debate, wasn't it? We had that debate, would Borough sell out the home leg? Well, I think, we, you know, you know, you'd think that would be a, a nailed-on circumstances, but would they, would they sell out the first leg? You know, given the mood at the moment, if, if, if Borough get any... I think the teams that go up are the teams that feel collectively... That they can do it. So I think, there, I think there's a firm belief. Yeah. There, there is. I tell you what, that comes out of the club. I don't know whether you listened to, um, to to Adam Clayton on BBC Tees or Mark Drury last week, which was really good. Um, and 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 there is, and it came across as very genuine. And 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 I got the same impression from Tony Pulis at his press conference on Friday that there was a belief that if they got six points, they'd get in. Um, and and despite the six, you know, even after the, on the back of the six defeats. There wasn't murmurs. Usually, well, you do hear the murmurs of discontent from within. and, and I genuinely believe well, that we, there we is still to, an air of belief. Yeah, we speak to the players I mean, and, and they, they followed that line. They, I mean, Mikel was shaking his head and laughing in absolute disbelief. He could not believe that they had not scored. I mean, I said, I said, and that, that was repeated week after week. They were genuinely coming off the pitch thinking they'd played well uh, if they could keep playing like this, it would turn. And it was going to, when it was going to go in off someone's arse or whether it was going to be a bobble or a penalty or you know, a, a handball from Danny Ayala that no one sees. And like one goal was suddenly going to unjam the, the, the pipe and suddenly would have a, a flurry of, uh, of exciting games in the back end of the season. I mean, I did say that the Leeds game last time round was the perfect game to come, come up to have after a bad run. And uh, I did, ironically, that would be the ideal match, I think, to have them, here, to have them here for the first, if Borough managed to get through, to have them here, I think that would put bums on seats. There's no way the Borough fans wouldn't turn up and, and want be up for beating Leeds. You know, that, that would be the kind of thing that, whatever, whatever's going on off the pitch, whether they're buying to Tony Pulis or whatever else, there'd be 30-odd thousand Borough fans in that stadium screaming for Borough. Um, to, 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 to put Leeds, put one over on Leeds, and I think that is a scenario that you could potentially yeah. see happening. Um, much, much, much more so than, say, West Brom were coming here, um, or Villa. Before we wrap up, uh, it's the Player of the Year Awards on Tuesday night. Darren Randolph, Dale Fry, Lewis Wing, and Johnny Olsen are the four. 
candidates. T- two questions. Who's your winner? The obvious answer, I presume. Um, although I think, I think there's a strong case to be made for, for Lewis Wing. Uh, a second question, is, is anyone unfortunate to miss out on making that list? Well, I think Darren Randolph's going to win by the kind of result that would embarrass North Korea or Zimbabwe in an election. Uh, I think Lewis Wynn's been a, the breakthrough player. I think he's the brightest hope. Uh, he, I don't know if he qualifies for Young Player of the Year, but he should certainly get that. He should on Saturday, didn't he? What the difference he can make. Yeah. Absolutely tra- transforms the team because of his instinct to go forward. Uh, still a bit raw, but yeah, I think he's, he's come on leaps and bounds this season. Uh, Randolph's been consistent uh, Wing's been the biggest improvement. I think Dale Fry's done a, a solid job in a. I think he's had an excellent. Yes, he's, he's been played in, played in all three positions across a back three. He's played as a right back, a right wing back. He's, has he played on the left as well? Briefly? Yeah, purely said on Friday, briefly if he was fit, he'd be playing left back now yeah. in, a, in, a, in a back. So I, I think that shows that he's uh, trusted, and again, he's, he's come on this season in a, a jittery unit. Uh, Johnny Alston, I like. I think he works works very, very hard. But he's he's been patchy at times, as the whole team have. But I, I do think of you know of the other senior pros, he's probably been the most consistent over the season. I, uh, has I anyone think, been unfortunate? Well, I think Randolph is obviously he's the runaway winner for for, for most people, including me. I think, player, if you're going to laugh at this, that one of the players who I think is unlucky to be on there is Brit. You know what? I, I was saying this to one of my mates. How many times have we had good players who scored double figures, even in the championship? Particularly, the team. I mean, he's had to put up. I mean, there might be back. There might be reasons for it. You know that Tony Pulis picks picks out Brit for for a special mention after every match, just about. Um, but he's, he's had a manager who clearly doesn't really believe in him. You know, from, from what we can gather in terms of just that, you know, he clearly thinks there's something in Brit that he doesn't like as a as a player. Whether it's you know the way he approaches or his, his application, whatever, he's still scored what 12, 13 league goals. He's fifteen in total. Fifteen isn't he? in yeah, total. You know, I looked at it this time. morning. I think he's average. As I said earlier, he's averaged nearly a goal every other game in terms of starts. And and I bet if you add up the minutes he spent on the pitch, I bet he's not far off scoring one every hundred and eighty, which is a good strike rate at any level. Um, so I think I think he hasn't done that badly, Brit. He gets he get you know he has missed some some chances as we, we, we as we well know, but. Um, I'm not saying he's player of the year, but I'm saying that when he did, when he dropped a shortlist for me, he'd probably be in it. So Darren Randolph, the obvious winner, yeah. we we all agree there. Yeah, yeah, excellent. He made that other. It went under the radar. This save on Saturday, he pulled out another one, didn't he? Last it was minute. So late on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I enjoyed it because the camera that we have, um, which which is which shows the replays, and it. It, when it turned to him afterwards, he was just wearing a kind of wry smile of inevitability, as though to say, "Yeah, there's yeah. another one to add to my highlights <laughs> reel." Last question: um, Will, will Borough keep struggle to keep hold of him in the summer if they don't go? Uh, I think if there's any any kind of turnover and churn, uh, if they can get rid of some of the big earners, they might be able to keep him. But he is the most saleable asset. He's the one asset where they're going to make a profit on, uh, and I think they, they would be reluctant to do it. But I think they probably will. Yeah, I, I agree 100 percent with what Vix just said there. You, you'd hope Borough could keep him if they don't go, but you, you wonder. I'm not. I don't know if he's got any sort of clause in his contract. You know, he, he stepped down a division to come here, didn't he? He's been great for two seasons. Um, if Borough struggling to sort of get a little bit of a transfer kitty together, 
and they got a chance to maybe bring some money in for, for, for Darren and, and but then again you're gonna replace him and he'd be a big ass to replace a good yeah. a good keeper's worth his weight in gold as we it's know. A, it's a strange market, isn't it? You know, Burrow got no real backup, let's not forget. You Connor know, Ripley made his Preston debut at the weekend, so Right. This is his first game. So he's gone on, so you've got Dimmy and Lonigan are your, your two backups at Yeah, and both out con well, sorry, um, you know, are, are they gonna give Dimmy another year, you know, it'll be forty one um coming up. Uh, you got Lonergan who's been out in Rochdale. That was the story of the season, wasn't Every it? Every Friday, Every Friday. waiting for it to drop. <laughs> and his loan has been extended. Rod, uh, credit to Rochdale. They, they did a roaring trade in managing to find new quotes in praise of Andy Lonergan <laughs> every week when they extended his loan. Yeah. Deal. But so I mean, that would be the other kind of you know, if, if Burr did couldn't keep Darren for whatever reason, you you you, you know need to find a top quality replacement. That won't be easy. Yeah, I think regardless of whether Burr go up or not, it, it, Randolph's a good subject for a tribe sort of purely on him in the summer. Yeah. We'll we'll pencil Absolutely. that one down now. But thanks for listening. That wraps us up for this week. That's the latest tribe supper. Thanks a lot.